and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer, and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed, standard American diet, and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you crack your health code. It's like I, I tell people like the true brilliance of a diamond is only revealed when we bring each individual facet forward and we let it capture the light from so many different from so many different angles. If you saw a diamond on the street, it would just look like a rock. But when we take it and actually intentionally shape it to reveal these various dimensions, then we become a whole lot more brilliant. And, and I always think it's it's pretty magical that we like we rate diamonds in terms of their brilliance. Right. And right. Without those facets, we've got nothing. We've just got a rock on the street. Hello. Hello again. And welcome everyone to another episode of the fit farming food mom. Today. I'm so excited because I have Dr. Jen Welter on the podcast. If you don't know who Jen is, She is best known as the first female to coach in the NFL. She joined the Arizona Cardinals and was a linebackers coach in 2015. And prior to that, um, she was a linebacking coach for the Texas Revolution. Uh, She is now currently the head coach of the inaugural Australian Women's National Team. And she just released her book, Lessons in Being limitless from the first female coach in the nfl it is known as play big so anyway she has such a huge list of accolades two gold medals multiple super bowls and i'm so happy to have her on today because she talks about diversity what it's like to be different um and still have focus on your goals and that nobody can dictate what you are capable of you know a whole room of people can be telling you you can't do something but they don't really know you are the only person that can actually make things happen and she's very clear about that in the podcast today so before we get started on the podcast just a little housekeeping i can't keep doing this podcast without reviews and ratings so hit the pause button right now if you can and subscribe and then also please go write me a little written review that will help me keep bringing wonderful people like Jen on the podcast um it also helps me know that I'm doing a good job and I'm giving you guys stuff that you like to listen to so please 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 also sharing is caring share with all your friends share with your family if you're listening from Spotify then you can share it to your Instagram stories and your Facebook stories Uh, please share it helps keep me going and I'm not putting a ton of ads on here and so because of that I need a little help with some reviews so without me further blabbing on rambling let's get to the podcast I'm really happy and excited to have you on here because you, I love women empowerment and it's not because I'm like, oh, women are better than men or anything like that. But there's Mm -hmm. so many women that limit themselves because they're like, oh, I'm a girl. I could never do that. Agree. You know, and I'm a total tomboy. I don't know if you call yourself a tomboy. I'm a complete tomboy. Uh, I've always done things that the boys do and I've always excelled at them. And so you know, seeing you and your story and stuff, I'm like, this chick rocks. We got to do this. (laughs) So, like, I uh, you know what I think of it is, is like, you know, we're just capable of a lot, right? Like, and it's really, it's, it's so common to not hear the things that we're capable of. Um, And so anytime that we can kind of challenge that thinking, I'm all in. 
Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you on here. And so first of all, let's start by telling everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Dr. Jen Welter, um, longtime woman in football. Um, the people who know me already probably know that I was the first female coach in the NFL. But long before that, I actually have a fitness background. Um, first got certified to teach aerobics when I was 18 years old. Felt like I was cheating the system because they were paying me to work out, a theme that has you know stayed with me since then, obviously. Um, as a pro football player, then I went on to play 15 years in women's, uh, four Super Bowls, two gold medals, eight-time pro bowler at five foot two, 130 pounds, um, played for the U.S. national team on the first and second USA team, um, won two gold medals with them, and then went into the world of men's pro football in the most painful way possible. I actually played. So yes, I got tackled by those big dudes uh, every day for a season, um, earned their respect. They taught me a lot. We learned a lot from each other, ended up being asked to coach that team, which was the Texas Revolution the following season, um, to which I promptly said no, because girls didn't coach football. At that time, there was no woman that you could look at and say, I want to be her. Um, thankfully, the coach saw something in me before I even saw it in myself. He refused to take that answer took the job on my behalf um, and said I couldn't quit because then the narrative would be we had a girl once, but she quit. And that's something that I think all of us hold very dear for women like doing things is we never want that narrative to be like we had a girl once dot, 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 and end the story. Um, from the Texas Revolution, I ended up joining the Arizona Cardinals as the first female coach in NFL history. Um, from that point, I have on to be the head coach of the Australian women's national team in 2017 found gridiron girls, which is um, football camps for girls. No one was teaching the girls. We've done over 35 across the country. Um, most recently I coached football in the Alliance American football. If you remember it, it was the, you know, rapid rise and epic demise of football last season. Um, and then this year, my, the place you can find me coaching is actually as the f first female head coach in Madden. So um, not only looking to change the physical landscape, but the digital one as well. That's awesome. Do you ever feel like you're going to pass out after you have to say all that stuff to people? Because it is <laughs> a lot. It's amazing. Well, you know, I, I think the reason to say it is because I never wanted to be like Al Bundy, where it was like, you know, I this one time I like, you know, scored four touchdowns in, in high school football. And that was the end of it. Right. Like I, I always think that our, our best thing should be our next thing. And I'm always looking for ways to evolve. And I don't want people to just think that it stopped at, you know, coaching in the NFL was an end of the journey because for me, that was um, fantastic. Um, it was a door that I opened, but I'm constantly looking at the doors that can be opened, not just for myself, but for people as a whole. Um, and I think that, you know, at five foot two, like that's probably something that just the feistiness factor is in full force with my life. That's so awesome. I love it. Um, and then the crazy thing is, is you didn't even start playing football until college, right? Uh, well, I played rugby in college. Um, it was, you know, it was funny because I had never even seen rugby until I got to college and I, I fell in love with it because I had grown up around football but there weren't opportunities for girls to play at that time um and so when I saw rugby it was like wait what is this amazing sport right like it's like <laughs> football meets rug or meets soccer and they don't need pads and I'm totally doing this and you know I found myself in this sport that really taught me great fundamentals and prepared me for my first opportunity to try out for a football team which was at 22 years old that's amazing. And then at what point were you like, okay, I am totally excelling at this sport. I'm into it. Um, you know, I don't know if it was uh, like, I, I knew the second I made that team that I was all in, right? Like I, when I made that team, I felt like I had come full circle on what I was meant to do with my life. And I just, I promised myself I would step up to whatever challenge the game put in my way. 
And full disclosure, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, right? Like, you're like, oh, I'll step up to every challenge. And I was like, what, what was I thinking, right? But it's mm-hmm. those, it's those small, but really significant moments that we have, I think, with ourselves that, you know, if you go by that philosophy, it's not like you've ever failed or you're ever just done um, that you're you're gonna live your life in this way and it was like all right well all right what are we gonna do now right um and I knew I excelled at it I I had already been um someone in rugby who was a great tackler and and physically was was really dominant but when I when I got great was when I learned to truly tap into myself as an athlete what my assets were not trying to play like somebody else and then really became a student of the game. So to put the physical and the mental together, um, that's when it really synced for me. Well, and then talking about physical and mental, you have your PhD in psychology. Do, did you plan to do that before all of this blossomed for you? Or how did that work? Um, so I, when I made my first football team, um, it really didn't work for me that I would keep in the corporate world. Um, the schedules weren't really aligned. And so, um, I kind of went back to my roots in fitness. Um, but then what I realized is that I had an ability, um, on the mental side of the game, you know, there, there was something special about me, how I could bring things out in other people. And, you know, even the success I would get for my clients when I was training, it was like, it, a lot of it had to do with, um, finding what it was that might be holding them back mentally, right? It wasn't even as much that I was this, you know, epic personal trainer who was doing something technique wise that other people weren't doing, but it was the connections with the clients that really turned on like the mental side of the game, that in my sports background. And at that time I, you know, I had gone such in the business track that I didn't even really know about sports psychology. And then I kind of started looking around like, what were other things that I could do that would complement what I was doing in the game? And as soon as I found sports psychology, I was like, oh, well, this is it, right? I didn't even know that there was that area. But um, as soon as I found it out, I was like, well, I'm going to finish, you know, I'm going to get my education so that I could really become a unique value proposition in the space with somebody who had both the, you know, theoretical knowledge and training of a, of, somebody in sports psychology and the practical experience of being one of the best in the world, because, you know, in a, in a place that had yet to find um, a place for women, which was football, um, I knew I was going to have to really create something special to be able to find my own road. Right. And I mean, that's the one incredible thing about your story is you, have it's like a whole new empire you didn't have someone to look up to that was like a coach you weren't like oh I want to be like this female football coach or this person and you didn't even anticipate you were going to end up in coaching so you basically it, it was a whole new path for you yeah it really was and you know I I'm thankful of the the curiosity and just the way it all worked out for me um you know, I even did my my dissertation on the NFL's use of the Wonderlick in player selection, which, you know, um, stemmed out of, again, that natural curiosity when um, I found out about the draft process because I had clients who were asking me questions and I had never gone through it because um, we didn't have that in women's football. So I end up um, finding and seeking out this course in football scouting and general management Um, so that I could learn how to do scouting reports and what teams were looking for and how to see really through their eyes. Um, And then that turned me on to the Wonderlick and and that drove my research. And so, you know, I, I found this, this niche within sports that was really following my intellectual curiosity and kind of kept blossoming. And I, you know, I just kind of kept following it down, down the path and, you know, I, I think one of the things that I would I would really challenge women to understand is that, you know, we oftentimes count ourselves out where where guys count on themselves. Right. Like they'll they'll step up into things and they're like, yeah, whatever. I could do that. 
right? And and women a lot of the times will overcheck the boxes and we're completely capable, but we we might be scared of that leap. And that's where guys have really been influential in my career is that they were like, no, you're doing this. You could totally do this. And they don't see it any other way. And, you know, they've kind of pushed me in areas where I might not have known that I could do it, but it's, it's, you know, they had seen me as a talent, not like, you know, oh, we need a female, right? They, they really, you know, saw something in me. And I, 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 uh, though I said no at times, like they wouldn't let me not do it. And I'm, I'm really thankful from, for that. And, you know, what they've taught me in, in terms of, you know, what's possible in this world. And now in terms of, you know, even things that I look to do today, um, I've kind of found, you know, a new, a new level of getting pushed in terms of like, you know, these amazing women who are in different areas than I am, whether it be like, you know, finance or leadership or some of that. And, you know, I came from a dollar a game in women's football. So we, a lot of the times had almost this broken thinking or this broke thinking, you know, I like to say that they're kind of on par with each other of value and worth and monetization. And, you know, they're kind of like, well, you can get money for that. Or, you know, somebody will fund that. Or why don't you build a business? And then I just kind of like, I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. Cause yeah. they, you know, they have that expertise and, and they bring it um, so clearly full circle. So I think we just really become a product of who we're surrounded by. Um, and you always want to be surrounded by people that are better than you. Amen to that. So, you know, along with that, you kind of, you said you had a lot of people that were, you know, a lot of, especially males that were role models in this, but also I think I was listening to a podcast where, um, when was it the, with Texas revolution where they wanted you to just come to their training camp and do like basically a couple things for PR and then that was it. Sure. Um, you know, I think that they thought it would get them good pub. And uh, obviously that's, you know, that's being a woman in an industry where it hasn't been there. That's always a, a, a possibility, right? You can be it. As I tell people, I'm like, you can be a token if you let them use you as a token. Um, and I basically told them like, no, um, that's an insult to me as an athlete. And every one of the guys on your team would absolutely hate it. And so would I. And if you want to do anything with me, I'm, I'm going to do everything that the guys do um, or nothing at all. And, you know, it was in that moment that I think you, you really define yourself because I, I wasn't just going to take um, an easy out. And, you know, I knew that they were going to have to cut me or kill me because what I wasn't going to do was quit. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people fail to see is, um, they see people in success and they think, oh, well, they're just lucky or they just are naturally talented. But what they don't realize is that you put hours and hours into your craft. And also, you may not have been the best at one point, but you never stopped. Right. You kept working towards your goals. Well, and, you, you know, the truth is that even if you're successful, you don't have to be the best. You have to be surrounded by the best. And even being on that men's team, I was not even close to the best player on that team, but I was a good teammate. And, you know, my work ethic and heart really had a big impact on those guys. You know, I remember the coach at one point said to me, he's like, man, Welter, it's like, I never thought you'd even make it this far. Right. And he said, if I could take the heart out of your chest and put it in every one of these men, we'd be undefeated, right? So sometimes the value that you bring doesn't have to be that you're the running back that runs through everybody, but but damn, I'll tell you the impact you can have when you're getting hit by people, you know, three times your size and getting back up, like I can do better next time um, for somebody who's just been maybe just talented their whole life. Like they... It, it rubs off, you know, it really does. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think you can, you can really bring something to the equation, um, just realizing what your assets are. And, um, 
being that person that had that effect on the team is what the guys loved so much. And it was the fact that they loved me and respected me so much that, you know, made a new head coach the following season, see how they responded to me and said, you have to coach this football team. Right. And, and he literally said, you know, I I can teach you how to coach football. I can't teach that, right. The way that those guys responded to you and the respect and the love that they had for you in a situation where everybody thought that it would be terrible and the guys would hate it. Like that's special. And, and that's what caught his attention. And that's what, you know, eventually allowed me to, you know, continue to move in the space and still does. Right. You know, and I've, I've had this talk with other people as well. A lot of people are like, well, we're afraid to have women in men dominated sports because they feel that as though it's going to be awkward. But, you know, I mean, it's only awkward if you let it be awkward. And the fact is that when you're, when you're willing to talk about it, it, it almost becomes really cathartic and, and funny at times, right? Like we would laugh all the time. Um, because what I knew is, you know, with the guys, like things were going to come up that we didn't expect. And there were going to be moments that like, just could go wrong if you let them. And like, we would generally laugh about it because, that's my persona in it. As long as I don't feel like somebody is doing some something intentionally disruptive or, you know, um, you know, abusive or, or something like that, I'm probably going to laugh because certain things are just funny, right? Like we found our right. ways through them. I remember like at the upper levels, it really isn't that hard because the building structures are so much better, but like in arena football, sometimes the coach's locker room was through like the player's locker room. So you're going to have to go through there. Right. Like, and I would literally be like, guys, are we clear? And if we weren't like somebody would, somebody would come and cover my eyes and walk me through. Right. Like it doesn't (laughs) have to be this, this epic, bad, horrible situation. Like we knew we had to deal with it and that was fine. Right. And I remember another time where, you know, it, it really allows men to step up too um, and, and say what's acceptable. Um, like I remember one time one of my players didn't like what someone else was saying with respect to women. And he literally put his hand over my ears and was like earmuffs. And he was, don't say that around her. It's not okay. And awesome. I was like, you know, and, and I wasn't offended, but I, cause it really wasn't that terrible, but I was so proud that my player took that stand to say like, don't, don't talk about that around her. Right. Like, and that I didn't have to do it that like one man to another could set that standard and say like, this is not okay. Like we don't do this. And I think that by just keeping men and women separate, that sometimes we just let bad behavior go. Whereas when you have women in those situations, it's like, oh, that's not okay. You're like, yeah, oh, wow. Like, no, it's not. And I think that there are real opportunities for growth as long as you are all in on the fact that there may be some growth moments that are required in order to get to where we're all comfortable. Um, But this whole, like, just don't ever let people cross paths or just set these, these hard and fast rules don't really give us the opportunity to grow together and get better. I think, you know, you almost make it so that people are at odds, which, which then really what it does is prevents us from growing. Like, right. If we just say, well, we can't have any women here because we might have a problem with sexual harassment. Well, that's not really an answer actually. Like, and we never really got to the core of why you're afraid that this could happen. Right. Like, shouldn't we instead be looking at how do we fix a culture and maybe that having a woman in it will, will teach men that like, you know, women are valued and can be, you know, and, and should be in these situations and can make you better because then when you're an asset to somebody's success, as opposed to an accessory, the whole conversation changes. Right. And, you know, it sounds like everybody loved you and supported you and still do, you know, um, on the team so that you've always been tight knit and there's not really been any animosity. Have you found ever that there's somebody that just uh, is indifferent to you playing with them? Uh, Look, absolutely. You're not going to win everybody all the time and you're not going to win them day one. Um, 
you know, I, I used to say there, there's, there's a warm up process for um, different people at different times. And not everybody is going to like you, but you can't just go into the situation worried about that everybody likes me because I mean that dynamic tends to become then you know you're scared to say something wrong you're scared to do anything wrong and you become really inauthentic and then people don't like you because of that right because what does right. that mean um and you know thankfully I think when you have a good group around you um they correct a lot of those things and you may not even see them right like I've had players that you know maybe didn't like something another coach said to me and they're like, Oh, that's not all right. Or, you know, maybe cut me off when I was saying something and they're like, Hey, uh, can you let the hall of famer speak? Right. Like, and they would mm-hmm. edify it and they'd be like, Oh yeah. Coach Chen just said that to me. Right. And meanwhile, right. I would like, you know, kind of almost be dying. Like, Oh, this, this may not like, Oh gosh, that might've just made things worse. And then it's like, but you know what, that was their protective mechanism and that's how they felt. And we don't want to censor that. Like, I think it's great when, you know, players stand up for, you know, and, and not just a woman, but when people stand up for somebody who might be uh, perceived as an outsider or like somebody who could be being bullied in a little bit, like to see them use their strength in the, in the defense of another person to me is really, really powerful. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, you know, and that's another thing you talk about a lot is diversity. Like, you know, you were important part to the team because like you were saying before, everybody's individual. They all have their, their strengths and weaknesses and, and that's what complements everybody. Right. A hundred percent. You know, what makes you different is absolutely what makes you special, right? Your unique vantage point on the world has value. And when we get more diverse views at the table, we're going to think of things that we might not have known otherwise, right? We can't be so, I think insecurity is, is one of the the scariest things in the world where you, you know, you kind of feel like you have to have all the answers all the time. Um, And, you know, that's kind of the danger with strength, right? We're not, we're not necessarily taught to admit weakness, but with diversity, you get to see through somebody else's eyes and think of things that you may not have thought of otherwise, You know, I give people the example of, you know, I'm short, right? I'm five foot two. So I may look at a room and think, well, gosh, that cabinet is completely wasted because I can't even get up there. Whereas you at six foot four might think the bottom cabinets are wasted. So how do we come up with a solution where, you know, everybody is taken care of and everybody is able to open the doors that they need to go through? Right. Like, are, are we putting the right things in reach and are we considering all different all different positions and, um, you know, people in that process? And I think that honoring that voice in a situation where your voice and your vantage point is different is really important because diversity only matters really if we let that diversity come to the surface. Um, and it's like I, I tell people like the true brilliance of a diamond is only revealed when we bring each individual facet forward and we let it capture the light from so many different, from so many different angles. If you saw a diamond on the street, it would just look like a rock. But when we take it and actually intentionally shape it to reveal these various dimensions, then we become a whole lot more brilliant. And and I always think it's, it's pretty magical that we like we rate diamonds in terms of their brilliance. Right. And right. Without those facets, we've got nothing. We've just got a rock on the street. Right. Yeah. No, that I love that. That makes perfect sense. Um, So also with that, you know, I mean, how many times in this journey have people told you, you can't do what you wanted to do? Like with the naysayers, like how many people were like, you can't go into football. You're a girl. Oh my gosh, probably, you know, um, all along the way so many times that it's like, okay, well, but, you know, now it's more of a, I think something that you're used to. And I say like, um, it's almost sins of omission. I talk about that a lot is that like, you don't have to tell girls that they can't go into football because they don't get to see girls in football, um, anywhere really. It's the only sport with 
um, parity at no level from peewees to the pros. So, you know, we show them on a day-to-day basis that football isn't for them. And so for me, that's why I, I have um, committed to uh, be so vocal about it um, is because there need to be different people and different voices um, that are, that are kind of shouting the differences. Um, I, I couldn't tell you how many people told me that I couldn't do it. Uh, but now at this point, I think they're kind of used to me doing it anyway. And so they, you know, I probably don't hear that anymore because I'm so in football, it's ridiculous. But, um, but I want other people to have less barriers than I did. And, to at least have be one of the voices that cuts through the naysayers and the noise and to be an example of what other people tell you is wrong about you could actually be what makes you right. Cause that, that isn't just football. That's life, right? Football taught me a lot of these lessons, but what's so much more important is the big picture and the, you know, the impact we can have on somebody else's life, right? Like for you, I'm, I mean, I remember, being like the only girl back in the gym back in the day. And, and I know you remember that too. Like, you know, women don't do bodybuilding and don't fitness. Like, what are you doing? Or even the questions of like, oh, well, you know, your arms are too big. That's not attractive. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I don't really care what you have to say, right? Like my arms right. are not about you. Um, and you're just jealous because my arms look better than yours. So are you reflecting your insecurity or a problem with me? Probably a problem with you. Right. Or you, yeah. Or you get the dude, you're going to look like a man type of thing all the time. But like, I think it's just out of like, jealousy. Men wish their arms looked as good as mine. Um, actually, your arms things, look amazing. Right. Like, <laughs> but isn't that what we say? Like, it's like, you know, yeah. the dudes wish that their arms were as ripped as mine. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. Uh... Yeah. And it's funny that you say that back in the day, because when I was in high school, I was powerlifting and it was only me and one other girl. Of course. And I remember that, you know, it was crazy because it was just me and her in the weight room all the time and there wasn't nobody else. So we went to a powerlifting meet. Oh my gosh. And there was a couple, but. Yeah. My boyfriend in high school used to absolutely bet people that he knew a girl who could bench more than them. Um, because I used to work out with them all the time, right? So <laughs> he knew what I could bench, and then they'd be like, "That's not fair, that's Jen." And he was like, "I said I knew a girl, and yeah, that's she funny. can she can, and he loved it, right?" Uh, but it was it was so outside the rule, like you said, powerlifting. Are you kidding? Come on, girls don't do that. But why would you do that? Yeah, and you're like, hmm, but I win. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And, you know, same thing when I was a kid at rodeo, I did every sport in rodeo, mm-hmm. you know, and I, uh, everyone was like, you can't do that. You're a girl. You know, I would show up to steer riding practice like in high school and I was the only girl there and they're like, well, you know, this is going to hurt when you fall off. Like, right. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and I was oh like, gosh. Um, so watch me. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't hurt you. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, like, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I totally used to to do all the boy sports. You know, my dad had me racing dirt bikes from the time I was two years old. Up, you know, I raced them up until I was my mid twenties, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, and at one point I was in a race and there was about thirty five people in it, and I was the only girl. And I passed this kid you know, coming around a turn and at the following turn, he hit me and took me out. Of course he did. And on the sidelines, my friend was standing next to his dad and his dad said to his buddy, see, that's what happens when girls race motocross. And my friend was like, what are you talking about? Your kid just ran into her. <laughs> like, like, you know, but uh, that's just part of the mentality is that females shouldn't be doing some things that they do. And I think that's 100% inaccurate. It is. And every time that we do them, it, it, it makes those arguments hold less weight. And, right. and the people who say them start to look crazier and crazier. Absolutely. And like, what do you say? Don't give anyone power over what you're capable of. That's right. I mean, it's, a, you know, you're giving them the gift to make decisions for you. Yeah. Nope. Not a fan of that. So, so tell us a little bit about your book because I have not personally been able to read it yet. I have like seriously so many books I'm reading right now. Uh, 
but I'm planning on putting it on my list because I started reviewing some books on my Facebook for, I do none of this number one to make money. I do this all as strictly, you know, things to help other people and help motivate them and stuff. Right, so and when stuff. I do these, right. yeah, I do. People are like, Oh, well, uh, are you making a lot of money with your podcast? I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't even have ads on there because I don't feel that that's necessary in order to do what I want to do. And I want to be able to help people. Right. So you know, along with that, I was like, you know, I should probably start posting some of the books and stuff that I read that I really find value sure. in. And so I started reading a bunch of books and posting a, posting those as well. And no, I don't get any kickback. Right. So, um, um, but yeah, tell us about your yeah, book. So it's called Play Big uh, Lessons in Being Limitless from the first woman to coach in the NFL. And it really is like snapshots of situations in my life and lessons that I took from them. So it takes you through a, a little bit about like where I, where I came from, how I got to, um, to the NFL, my, my thoughts from it and some of the lessons, but it really is um, it's written to give you like kind of a dose of goodness. Like it's not one you have to read the whole thing in order to take something from it. It's written so that like, kind of each chapter should leave you feeling like, okay, like I, I really get something from it and hopefully pushes you to find that in yourself. Um, you know, I think that that combines a little bit of like being a coach and like that kind of I'm sharing so that, that it helps you. Um, and I tried to be really, really open about, you know, some of the funny times, the, the humor that I use to handle situations and even, um, you know, some of the, some of the tougher times because it, you know, people, a lot of the times see where you are um, and they imagine that you are always there. Um, and the truth is that anybody who's done really great things has, has probably had some hard things unless they were born like a billionaire, um, which would be nice, but I wasn't. <laughs> um, so like, right. You know, for those of us who have, who have fought our way through, like that means that there were fights that we felt like we couldn't win or times that we were down and, and how do you get out of that? And, and what does that look like? And, and what is that mentality? So. Right. And I love that you said that because, you know, there, it's not always smooth sailing. There are so many times in whatever your journey may be where you're going to have doubt and you're going to be like, why do I do this? You know, hundred percent. And, and I tell people all the time, they're like, how did you never quit? And I'm like, and there were days when I probably quit four or five times, but then it was kind of like, well, what else are you going to do? And, and then, you know, and then you, you kind of figure out another way, right? Like you might quit in your mind a few times, but if, if you never actually stopped, then, you know, take a day off, like refresh your thinking and, you know, maybe refresh your mindset or your approach, but like, what does quitting mean? Right. I, I could quit something that I do, but I can't quit who I am. And this is, this is who I am now in what form that looks like might be different, but it's not like, you know, I'm quitting Jen Welter because that, that is what I am. And all of, all of the businesses that I do, or anytime that I, whether I speak or I coach or I do any of that, that is an element or an extension of myself. That's what makes it work. That's why people find it resonates because they know like me or not. Right. And there are plenty of people who don't like me. You're still going to get the same relative scouting report. Right. And like, yes, she is hyper passionate. She is hardworking. She will at times run herself into like, you know, a hundred miles an hour or asleep. Um, speaks what's on her mind. We'll tell you when she doesn't know something, right? Like any of these things, um, I'm very open, honest, and straightforward with. So I don't really pull punches, which means some people don't like that and other people do, but you always know what you get, right? Like, it's not like you feel like I'm, I'm playing the hand close to the vest or that I'm being dishonest with you because that's not really who I am. You may not always like the way I phrase something or maybe think it's it's abrupt or it's direct or one of those things but even when I'm wrong and or say something wrong I tend to try and be like you know what you're right I was a jerk just then and I'm glad you told me and I will do my best to be better doesn't mean I'm not going to be flawed but you'll get that right so any of us who are going through those tough times we we absolutely get knocked down. There are 
things that happen, like look at what's going on right now um, that are terrible, yeah. right? It's terrible on so many levels what's going on in our country right now. And it hurts all of us. But do you quit? Well, no, but you might have to reevaluate some of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, right? Like we just have to continue right. to look at it and who we are within this planet and stay stay true to the things that are at the core of who you are and what you believe. Right. Amen. And I love that you said um, that you, you may have quit four times in a day because, you know, quitting doesn't necessarily mean stopping. Like you said, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, well, I remember at one point just being completely at the end of my rope, uh, you know, in my fitness journey. And I, I was just like, you know, F this, I'm done. This is ridiculous. I went out to dinner with my family that night, ate mm-hmm. like so much cake <laughs> and ice cream and everything. And I stayed out of the gym for like three days. And then I was like, man, right. I need to go to the gym. Right. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I think probably like a year later, I was stepping on stage again, you know, it was just like, okay come on yeah I mean when once it's a part of you and it's inside of you and you start that process there's going to be so many days where you're like man I don't want to do this today but those are the days that when you get done doing it you're like I'm so glad I did that it's not about finding perfection and and motivation is not constant right what I try and say is that we you know if we're all or nothing we'll eventually always be nothing But if we try and minimize the peaks and valleys, right? Like, you know, maybe I'm not going to go crush it in the gym today, but you know what? I'm going to do some cardio and I'm going to move because the endorphins are going to help me and I'm going to multitask on my phone and, you know, catch up on news or, or veg and watch a show that I like, but I'm, but I'm going to do it like, you know, moderately paced cardio because it's going to make me feel better and it's good for my mental sanity. Like that is still a win. And I think, too often people put such pressure for the goal of perfection that they make themselves miserable when the truth is that like this life is long and one day or one workout or, you know, even one week is not going to kill you. Right. But putting the pressure on yourself to crush it every day in every way that could kill you. Right. And speaking from experience, I've been in that place where I'm I'm one of those people that is like, I'm going to crush this every single day. And I can say that it wasn't good for my health. And, you know, also it wasn't good for some of my mentality uh-huh. as well, you know, and because of that, you know, from experience, I can tell people, you know, it's especially in diet culture these days, it's a crazy thing. People think that they have to eat 100% perfect all the time. And if they go off the rails at all, then they're just like, screw it. I'm not going to do it. And well, then they because go binge. They, they Whereas you could think make... of it as cheating. And, and here's what I say. You cheat right. on a husband, a dot, like a taxes. Those are bad things. You don't cheat on a diet. You're not in a relationship with a diet, right? You ate a cookie, eat a cookie, love your damn cookie, and then get back to what you're trying to do. But don't put it in that yeah, same bucket amen. of cheating because yes, then then it is a morally bad thing, right? We 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 brand cheaters in this society. Like you're, you're not a cheater because you had a cookie. You had a cookie. That's right. it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, and so that's why I try to tell people because you know. I think people get overwhelmed when somebody is an elite athlete and they're speaking to them. They're like, well, well, how would you know? Or, how, you know, how would you do this? Or I could never be there. But the thing is, is it all starts with that one step. So like you're saying, you may not be feeling the gym today, but don't let that derail your whole forward motion. Just go in, you know, even walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes. You know, it may not be the most stellar workout you ever had, but it's not going to make or break you. And then continue on with your goals. You know, keep, keep going. You don't have to be all or nothing. You just have to be doing something to start moving in the direction that you are hoping to go. That and put yourself on your list of things to do. If, if you are a list person and you feel good about checking things off the list, put your workout on your list of things to do. It may seem like a very small thing, but mentally you just got to check something off the list. Whereas if you feel like you're overwhelmed with how much you have to do and your workout isn't on it, again, you're going to feel like you're cheating on your list. 
And, you know, I find it so funny that you say that because I have my clients physically put in their phone on their calendar, schedule their workouts, like they're going to the doctor or like they're, you know, going to go to the chiropractor or whatever, because I feel like that holds them. It absolutely does. You get, you got to make a promise to yourself. I mean, like it, there's, there's a lot of things that we have to do in this world and none of, and it's not going to be perfect. It's certainly not, but if you don't have your health, if you feel bad about yourself, how good do you think you're going to be in those other areas of life? Right. And, you know, you wouldn't have landed in the gym in the first place if you didn't want it somewhere down deep inside. Um, you know, there are some people that hate exercise. They do it because they hate their body, which that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> I'm going to talk about. But, but, you know, I mean, do something for yourself. It may not be exercise related. It might be actually, it could be the opposite of that. It could be like, instead of being a workaholic, I am going to take 20 minutes every day and sit and read or do something that is relaxing to me. You know, it it could be totally the opposite, but just something like, don't, don't let that one day that you couldn't do it derail your goals. So, well, um, I guess we'll wrap things up here pretty quickly. But, you know, if you could tell anybody anything in the world that's going to help them get started on their journey that you think is important, what would it be? You know, look at the areas in your life, first of all, that you you really love and you enjoy um, because passion is, is a great motivator. And it it may not mean that you get that to be your dream job right away, but um you have the right to have a side hustle, right? Something that really makes you feel great. Um, whether it's, you know, like you said, you know, your podcast, you're doing it because you want to share information and you love it, right? If it turned into something else more, great, but the process you enjoy, right? Like you enjoy doing it. So you're going to do things and feel good about accomplishing it regardless of what's attached, you know, um, so many people, when they start their process, it's just with driven by dollars, right? Like I'm doing this because I'm going to make money. Well, if money is your only motivator, then, you know, you're, you're going to always feel like you need more because your only goal is to make money. But if you enjoy the process, then you're going to keep finding ways to grow and expand and look to, you know, have it be a part of your life. Right. And, you know, that's, that's something that you don't quit. Um, and I think it's, it's like, I always say, like when you find magic in one area of your life, it teaches you that you can have magic in other areas. So you want to make sure that that's a part of it. And then as you, you really kind of refine what it is that you want to do, um, you know, be so good that they can't find a reason why you don't belong, right? Let your game speak for you. Let your game speak louder than the naysayers. Let your game speak louder than your gender. Like, let your game speak. And that doesn't mean you, you know, you aren't um, an outspoken person like I am. But when it goes back to watching the tape, right, will they see somebody who is working hard, in the trenches, getting their hands dirty and, you know, doing the right things because people empathize with that and, and will look to, to help you push you. And, you know, um, ultimately those are the people we want to be around. I love that. That's, that's amazing. And I, yeah, I understand completely what you're saying about the love of it, because when I'm talking with people like you and like, I've had some amazing people come on my podcast. I've been so fortunate And when I'm talking to people like you, I just like pretty much smile from ear to ear the whole time because I'm just like, man, Mm -hmm. I just love this. You know, it's so awesome. I can't wait to, you know, uh, some of these podcasts I record, you know, weeks out in advance um, because of people's scheduling and stuff. And I'm like, I just can't wait to get to let it go. I just want (laughs) to like let them go right away because I just want to share it, you know, so that. Well, I'm so thankful that you had a couple extra minutes to come on and chat with me. Um, People should go look for your book. What's the best way people can find you and, um, you know, get in touch with you if they need to about your, 
your um your girls camps yeah and your book um, and all so that. my website is jenwelter.com and it's welter like a welterweight w-e-l-t-e-r obviously that means i've been punching above my weight class my whole life because i i don't hit that welterweight category um i don't weigh enough thank you boxing <laughs> world um which is amazing and funny all in and of itself um at j welter 47 on twitter welter 47 on instagram um, I'm also obviously very active on LinkedIn. I think that might be Welter 47 as a link or Dr. Jen Welter. And then it's Dr. Jen Welter on Facebook. So um, pretty, pretty easy to find in those ways. Um, you know, play big, you can grab it on Amazon. That's probably the easiest way. I'm a, I'm a huge prime um, person because they ship for free. Um, uh, you know, like yeah, we can yeah. all take that. But if you are an audiobook person, it is also on audiobook. And um, fun fact about that, I actually narrated it. Um, and so you get to hear me tell those stories on audiobook, which um, the people who like them really enjoy that. So I love that too. I, um, I first I read, Dave, I don't know if you've heard of David Goggins, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have. Um, but I read his book first and then I read the audio book and the audio book was just so much more powerful because mm-hmm. he was reading in it, you know, and he's a, he's a powerful speaker. Um, so yeah, but, um, all right, well, I'll put all your stuff in the show notes so everybody can get in touch with you if needed or know how to find you at least so that they can, you know, follow you on social media and see what you're all about. And I'm so thankful you took the time. Amazing. To my, to my pleasure. Well, that about wraps up this episode with Dr. Jen Welter. I am so thankful she took the time to come on and share her story because I think it's extremely important. I mean, not only is she an amazing professional athlete, she is also a wonderful person. She's sharing her passion for things and she's showing you that you can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, look at her. She's a huge athlete coach first female pro football coach she has her phd in psychology she's just an incredible woman so anything you put your mind to you can do it it's not always going to be easy but it will pay off in the end so thank you so much to her for coming on the show and until next time everyone